on today's The Witching Minute, I wanted to highlight a drag queen witch. I don't know why I didn't think about this earlier, but Jinx Monsoon. Oh, my god! Drag Race. Hello. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Love. Yeah, and she actually just talked about this in her new podcast, High Jinx. Um, she talked about how, like, being a witch in this day and age is, like being one with nature and just meditating and just looking for the signs throughout the world that you know the universe is giving you so i thought that was interesting yeah i love that mm-hmm. yeah. go she's, jinx she's one of my top 10 favorites so i always like to talk about my drag queens <laughs> hello nice to see you again mm-hmm. you put some clothes on All right, and welcome back to Hanging with the Hollowells. Today, I'm ecstatic to say that we have one of our OGs on the show with us. We have Ryan all the way from Florida. How are you, sir? Hey, Sean. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's uh, great to uh, get to sit down and uh, chat with you again. And I get to uh, make a new pod friend in Kevin. So Yay. I'm, uh, so I'm, uh, uh, it's always a delight to get to sit down with you. And I have your Magic Havoc storm button that you sent me on my backpack. So still rocking it. And I got my, my team crew. <laughs> so I got both my buttons that I am, uh, always rocking on my backpack. So, uh, uh, thank you for that. The storm was just a special treat because I didn't buy it and it and it still showed up in the mail. <laughs> so, it must have fallen in by mistake. It's just so weird. She's like, you my get goodies. <laughs> oh my gosh. And isn't today like storm day? At least apparent, I think Olivia Coipel posted about storm today. So that made me really Oh, happy. I did not know. I'm not as, I, I am a fan, but I'm not nearly on the level that Sean is. However, I did tell him, though, that if he's ever going to do an episode-by-episode episode, TAS that I have to come on because I, uh, I you know, grew up watching TAS and and when um, I, I re-watched it when it was on Disney+, Plus, as soon as I finished re-watching it, I terminated my Disney Plus subscription. I only had it because <laughs> I just had to watch X-Men TAS again. Uh, so, uh, but I'm not nearly as knowledgeable as Sean, but I, mean, no I do. Uh, <laughs> that's, prob- that's probably true. So, um, but yeah, we, uh, and every once in a while when something X-Men comes across my news feed, I, I shoot uh, Sean a DM because uh, I just, I, I, I enjoy uh, talking about them, especially Storm. Storm has always been my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Ryan, you found us all the way back when we were doing Movie Geek and Proud, which then led you to over to Hanging with the Hollowells. So I appreciate you sticking around this long. And for, like you said, messaging me randomly, I always appreciate getting, uh, news and information from you. Yeah, no, th- uh, thank you very much. I, I think um, I was trying to think of when I... Uh, uh, the uh, first uh, first show I heard you on was I think back in 2018. Wow. So it's uh, so it's coming up on like uh, three years. So uh, thank you for 
uh, being a pod friend and uh, entertaining me and informing me through through your shows for uh, gosh, you know, it's you know going on I guess three years now. Yeah, so I guess around the time of the three year podiversary will probably be around the time I'm in Florida. <laughs> so I'll have to bring you some more. Hey, buttons. we could uh, <laughs> uh, we can we can celebrate the podiversary. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and today we are talking about the courtship of Wyatt's father. I thought I'd get like a dramatic like answer to that. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you want. I, I, I can tell you that I'm, I'm more interested in that Frank guy. I don't like the name Frank, but boy, I, I'm definitely, uh, definitely interested <laughs> in Frank at the very beginning of the episode. Oh yeah. So it's. So like I'm like uh, I was like yep you uh, you do it for me. <laughs> um, before we get into the episode though, I actually have some results for the two of you. Oh, before you before you state the results, because I think I know where you're going with it. I'm going to state my opinion, so that way the listeners don't think that my opinion is influenced by the uh, poll results and. <laughs> Although you alluded to it in our DMs earlier today or yesterday, you didn't actually state who won. So, um, so even uh, so, when I uh, was listening to "I Dream of Phoebe" and uh, "Bed Knobs and Broomsticks" came up, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I love Bed Knobs and Broomsticks!" And like you, Sean, I also watched it over and over and over and over again on VHS. Uh, and I think even actually while I had Disney plus watching, uh, doing my X-Men rewatch, I did watch bed knobs and broomsticks and, uh, between bed knobs and broomsticks and Mary Poppins, I got to go with bed knobs and broomsticks. I, I rewatched it more times. I think it's got a much more fun story. It actually has a plot. I, I uh, <laughs> to be honest, Mary Poppins really, doesn't have much of a plot and they didn't improve it any with the one from a few years ago still doesn't really have a whole lot of a plot so i appreciate mary poppins for having uh, excuse me um bed knobs and broomsticks for having a, a strong plot and hello dame angela lansbury she's been uh, she's been entertaining us uh, for you know, decades and decades playing you know all these memorable characters from um, uh, from Bed Knobs and Broomsticks and Murder She Wrote, you know, entertaining us on Broadway and uh, voiceover actress. She's uh, uh, an international treasure, and she just brings a uh, a magic uh, to um, uh, Miss Price. Uh, well, I forget her first name. I just remember Miss Price. Miss Price. Eglantine. Yeah. Eglantine. Egg- oh, that's right, because there was a song. Eglantine. Eglantine. Oh, yeah. how you shine. Yeah. <laughs> and so I I love the the combination of the, the, the live action and the animation. And it's, it's just so much more fun. You get a little history. I mean, who doesn't love, you know, to battle, you know, movies where they battle Nazis, but this time you get to battle Nazis <laughs> with, with, uh, you know, a magical medieval army. And so there's just, there's just so much. And I think it's, I mean, I think the, the witchy aspect is part of it, but it's, it's, it's more than that. She's just a, she goes on this journey herself. You know, she hates kids. And, uh, you know, by the end of the movie, she loves kids, <laughs> kind of like our uh, uh, Alan Grant throughout Jurassic Park. I hate kids. Oh, these kids, you know, I'm now these kids like de facto father as I'm saving them from, uh, you know, velociraptors and T-Rexes. And so I like the journey she goes on. And and uh, Tomlin, uh, uh, I forget, of course, I'm remembering last names. I forget his first name, but Tomlin, the actor yes. that plays um, – 
professor, whatever his name was. I just Brown. did a, a Brown. That's right. <laughs> as a correspondent school of witchcraft yep. and something or other. Um, but yeah, I, all the way around, I think it's a much more solid film, you know, albeit not as, you know, generally as popular and, you know, it's, it's not as well known, uh, but I think it's a stronger one. So what did the poll, uh, what did the, what did the poll say? Well, and quick fun fact, in my second book, the follow-up to uh, Witch's Brew, uh, I named one of the characters Eglantine Price, and she actually directly says, Ooh. no, I'm not the Eglantine from a much celebrated <laughs> Disney movie. <laughs> so this is what people have Lovely. to look forward to when it comes out. <laughs> but um, in answer to your question, Ryan, I was actually a little surprised. 57% to 43%. Bed knobs and broomsticks one. Sweet. I yeah. am surprised. I mean, I'm very happy with those results, but I'm incredibly surprised. I really would have thought that Mary Poppins would have won that poll. Yeah, that's what I was expecting too. I thought it was yeah. going to be a bigger number in favor of <laughs> Mary Poppins. I voted, but I did, I did not vote for Mary Poppins. So maybe it was me. Okay, yeah, it was all because of you. <laughs> oh, we're going to have the Mary Poppins folks trying to find their uh, their ballots that weren't cast. So right. we better, you better, you better, you better watch out for the, for the, the uh, Mary, uh, Mary Poppins crew. Because they're like, there's no way. There's no way. It has to be. It has to be us. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I do thank everybody who was on Instagram and had a chance to vote. So thank you for uh, taking part in our social experiment. <laughs> All right. And The Courtship of Wyatt's Father aired February 22nd, 2004, written by Brad Kern, directed by Joel J. Biegenbaum. I always love saying his name. It's such a fun name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Leo and Piper host a birthday party for Wyatt. Afterwards, Piper notes the champagne. The elders aren't allowed to drink. Chocolate-covered strawberries and oysters on one of the tables, clearly not meant for the kids. This is what happens when you put Paige in charge. <laughs> Chris tells Phoebe and Paige that he must be conceived today or he ceases to exist. Feline! Phoebe suggests telling Leo and Piper the truth. <laughs> so right off the bat, you mentioned it, Kevin. I noticed I did. Paige's hair, and I really like her hair. Yeah, back to brunette. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta say, I'm. I think I don't know what uh, Rose McGowan's natural hair color is, but she really looks best as a brunette, and and I've seen her. Uh, blonde, I think she is in Scream, and then we have the kind of strawberry blonde here in Charmed. Uh, but I really got to say, I yeah, I don't know if it's her skin tone or her facial features, but the but the brunette hair really compliments her. Yeah, the type of girl that I've always found that I'm most attracted to is like the best way that I would describe her is like a rockabilly type of girl where they have that yeah. skin with the bright red lipstick and like the dark hair. So that's really what I'm getting from this look from her. I like it. You know what? She could totally pull off the rockabilly look and it, and she would, she would rock 
that book. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, for real though, I, I think you've, uh, I mean, you got it. That, that, that is, that should be her signature style because she could, um, you just I think it would be jaws would drop in the room when she walk walks in dressed as a uh, rockabilly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The scream look Tatum with the blonde hair is my least favorite color for her mm-hmm. just because it washes her yeah. out. It does, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, she she stays dark for the rest of the series. So, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering, gentlemen, how do you think Phoebe would have reacted had they just? Or I'm sorry, how do you think Piper would have reacted had they just said, "You gotta fuck Leo today, or else Chris isn't gonna be born"? <laughs> would she have done it? Uh, uh, no. If anything, <laughs> she would have dug her heels. Uh, in the hardwood floor and become an immovable object <laughs> because she is not one you know, to where you, to feel obligated to do anything. So I, I think it, she would be even more resistant to yeah. uh, to that if they were to have just just blurted it out. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't like to be told what to do, and no. uh, and I don't think she would believe them right away. You know, it, it would take some time for her to like come around. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my thought too. I'm like, Phoebe, you've known this woman your whole life. You know she's not, especially like having sex with Leo. She's not just going to be, oh, okay, I guess I got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, we're in, a weird, we're in a weird place right now. She's like, I don't think that's like the best option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I want to go to a kid's birthday party where there's champagne and, and oysters and shell, other shellfish and I mean strawberry chocolate covered strawberries. I I, I want to go to a kid's. I want to go to any birthday party. I've never been to a birthday party where oh there's so many chocolate covered strawberries, oysters, and champagne and like that. I mean that's the kind of birthday party uh, I want to attend. So I, I'd say it was a winner. <laughs> yeah, the sisters are always like giving Paige crap for like her parties and what she's doing, like going over the top or wrong food choices. I'm like, bitches, I want to be at these parties. <laughs> these are the best parties mm-hmm. ever. A dark lighter, Damien Orbson. Well, you totally a- skipped over. You totally skipped over Frank. You, you, you got. I mean, I mean, come. I mean, come on. We have to. I mean, we got a party. With Danny's, and we're not going to acknowledge the one that had a a little <laughs> bit of a little bit of a speaking part because he was oh, yeah. he was he was pretty hot. So like <laughs> that. So I, I, we can't not talk about the, the our daddy in, in the first scene. Okay. Yeah. These these uh, synopsises leave a lot out. <laughs> they do. And you're right. Frank was a very good looking man. The thing that I thought was really funny about Frank, and I forgot to make a note about it. So I'm glad you brought it up, Ryan, is like, he almost is treated like a child. Like right in front of him, his wife's like, oh, do you want to play with Frank, Leo? Frank and his friends get together and they play. Do you want to play? Yes, yes, I will play. I, 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 I will play. Right. Like, we'll raise the details later. I'll make a play date out, play date out of it. It's great. <laughs> All right, scene two. Uh, a dark lighter, Damien, orbs in and is apparently after Leo, or possibly Wyatt. The others come in, and the dark lighter shoots at Leo, who orbs out in time. Phoebe pushes Chris out of out of its way, and Paige orbs the arrow back into the dark lighter, who orbs away wounded. The leader of a gang of dark lighters removes the arrow, and Damien survives. The leader orders the dark lighters to distract rather than harm the charmed ones. 
I really like this song in the credits and I looked it up and it's gold frap. And the name of the song is strict machine. If anybody's yes. wondering, <laughs> well, that's on the charm soundtrack as well. So I know. Oh. That really well. <laughs> I have the, um, whatever's on Peacock, which is what was on Netflix. So unfortunately I cannot join in and, uh, and, uh, your uh, fondness for the song under the credits. So I get the, I get the generic opening with the cat that was only in like, an episode but somehow this cat kit kit the cat is still in the credits here six six seasons later and i thought that damien i wrote here he looks like a poor man's gary oldman <laughs> i can see that yeah <laughs> he kind of does i can see i can, I can see yeah. that too mm-hmm. i'm not to say that's a bad thing like he's not a bad looking guy I just yeah that's what he yeah. that's what came across <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Gideon warns Leo to cut off all family ties as fatherhood has distracted him from his duties as an elder and puts and has put him in danger. Right away with this scene, I wrote here, like, it's Gideon. <laughs> I think Gideon struck the deal with the demons. <laughs> they, yeah, like, they let in with, like, the demons can't hurt the witches and everything. I remember I mentioned in, like, the Sleepy Hollow episode... I'm like, I don't like Gideon because he, he wears me out. And even here, he's just so dramatic. He's so like hyper-focused and just gives you those crazy eyes, you know? And <laughs> so I've always just get the creepy vibe from him. And, you know, it's it's valid. <laughs> so Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can't say our, our reveal at the end, I can't say I was terribly surprised because I'm like, There's, there, there is something not right with this dude. He, he, is, he is just not... He's just he's giving off all the wrong vibes. And uh, meanwhile, his school's rather empty. I think he's uh, must have ran uh, ran everybody off, or they uh, you know they're just there wasn't enough season six money to bring back any background people at the school. Holiday must break. Have, must have blown it all on that wonderful magic carpet from last week. Talk about incredible playstation <laughs> first gen graphics on, yeah. <laughs> on that magic carpet and meanwhile you guys did not mention that dean sheldon who plays zach is also a gay love interest in somebody's uh un- the unfabulous life of ethan green and uh and he plays uh, the the twink because everybody is a tribe in that movie and so uh, the actor from the uh, Legend of Sleepy Hollow well plays Zach plays the uh, gay love interest in the uh, mostly unfabulous life of Ethan Green. I oh. did I did see that, but I didn't see the movie, so I'm like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have not heard of that movie, so now I have yeah. some watching to do. <laughs> yes, yeah, oh yeah, like they're all just stereotypes. Like each character plays one. And uh, it's so uh, so it, it, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> Are we going to get um, to a point where they can't afford any actors? So I'm just going to see like cardboard cutouts <laughs> of like Hermione and Ron <laughs> sitting around the school. Oh, it's such a Hogwarts ripoff. It's just like the music yeah. and the furniture frozen in the 18th or 19th century. And it's just it's it's just such a uh, <laughs> such a Harry Potter ripoff with with fewer people and uh, and and you don't have Dame Maggie Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I gotta say I love Leo's um, 
determination. Like his, he's really in his valley. He's like, I'm not going to leave them not until I know why it's safe. So I'm like, yes, that's good. <laughs> no, they are very much the uh, protector. He's, uh, you know, throughout the series, you know, he is, you know, consistently concerned with protecting uh, not only uh, Piper and Wyatt, but just protecting uh, the whole family. And so that is uh, you know, one of the traits I admire most about him is he's a protector. Yep, yep. Yeah, and even the way, like, yeah, he treats Piper so perfectly for, you know, a husband scorned rather than, <laughs> you know, taking it out on her or, like, being a jerk towards her. He's, like, doing everything he can to try to make her as happy as possible, even if he's mm-hmm. not in the picture. That constant support. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought her last name was M. Burge. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> All right. Chris is looking over papers at P3 when Clarence, the janitor, walks in on him. Chris seems to get, be getting weaker as the day goes on. So the, uh, I think, for as, um, as progressive as I think the show, you know, was, you know, in its time, we're still playing around with some very uh, old tropes in terms of uh, just uh, literary tropes. And, and I won't quote the uh, what trope we're, we're playing in as as the as the term is no is no longer. Um, uh, it's uh, it's an insensitive literary term, even though it, it, it you know you will hear it in a literature class. Uh, but yeah, but we have that role being played uh, by Clarence, and and although I you know, I I mean I like the moment there, it feels like it's just kind of, you know for all the forward steps that the show makes, we do take this kind of backward step and falling into an old literary trope uh, with uh, with the character Clarence. Now, I like the name Clarence because I'm, I'm sure it has to be um, an homage to Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life. Life. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know, like, uh, like what, do you, what do you guys think about playing with, uh, uh, with our, uh, you know, with the literary trope that we are playing around with, with the character of Clarence? I mean, do you think, I mean, do you think it's still fitting or do you think that's something that the show, you know, um, you know, of course, of course, I'm now looking at it through, you know, 2021 eyes. And so I don't know. I mean, what do you what do you uh, what do you two make of uh, the the trope uh, of, for the role that Clarence is filling? Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's something I didn't even like the fact that they make them kind of like working class is is that trope and it's i'm trying to figure out how they would have made it um how they would have, what kind of because he's a p3 worker right he's from, a worker from p3 mm-hmm. yeah. so i'm trying to think i mean they could have made him like uh a bar back maybe or i don't know who like i'm trying to think what else he could do in p3 or like what other um role he would play in in this narrative, like what would make him know Chris, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's, Cause it's hard. It's, it's delicate. It's hard to keep, to see characters like that constantly, but I feel like, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was intentional or if it was just because of the, 
the times, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's really hard. That being said, I do like the character. I think he has wise moments and I think he has nice screen time, but it is unfortunate that he has to be in that kind of situation. Yeah, I would, I would say, I think when the show is on the air, I think we are in a time where we are just happy to see POCs on TV in like major <laughs> mm-hmm. shows. So I think for today, maybe this was a little more like groundbreaking, but I mean, to your point, Ryan, from me watching the show for the first time in today's settings, I've noticed you know, there's a lot of characters, especially I feel black men who are cast as like, I'm the shooter or I'm the grumpy mm-hmm. man who's in the truck, who's not going to move. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're in this case, we have uh, the, the magical man and listeners. You can, I mean, if you really want to know what the, the trope is, you can look it up. I just think, I don't think it's been replaced and I find that it's, it's, um, it's insensitive, uh, but, but he is a magical character and and that's and and we and we see it a lot and so i don't i don't think i don't think there's any right or wrong answer i think it's it was just it was just interesting so like hmm i wonder you know like if uh i, I don't know i was just because the, the trope just kind of because uh, i i teach film studies at the university of tampa and so i'm you know often you know doing close readings of more film than tv but i see you know stereotypes and tropes and i just want to analyze them be like you know like is there was there a different way of doing this you know, it's just it's just something uh, something to talk about but it was it it just kind of jumped you know, jumped right out at me cuz i don't think we've met clarence before no or, this is his yeah, episode yeah so i don't know it was it was just it just jumped out at me as all yeah, an observation. Yeah, it's something interesting to note for sure. Mm-hmm. Phoebe starts scrying for the dark letter, and the scrying crystal flutters strangely, <laughs> believing that there is more than one dark letter. Paige and Phoebe go with Piper and Leo after the dark letters. Phoebe falls off of a roof during the fight and goes to the hospital afterwards. After the sisters vanquish several dark letters, one appears behind Leo and Piper. Piper blasts him, and she and Leo apparently disappear in the explosion. Interesting. We got some stumps going on. We had Phoebe falling off her roof. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Six money back. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's I. I mean, I know Phoebe is I mean, is magical, but come on, that's like what a four or five story building, and she falls down and on a dumpster on her back, and all she's got is the bloody hand that that Paige brings with her over, over, <laughs> over to Phoebe. And, um, and like that, they're like, I'm like, come on girl, you ought to be in like agonizing pain. I mean, that, that was a long way to fall. And, yeah. and then we just have a, Oh, I, I just, I got a, I bumped my head, but yet my stitches later on are on my neck. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I like the stunts, but it's like okay, let's she she should have she should have definitely injured uh, something, not just her pride. <laughs> well, if you read the 16th book in the series, it explains that she subconsciously <laughs> used her levitation power to soften oh. the fall. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that feels a bit like uh, Monday morning quarterbacking, but I guess I'll guess I'll buy it. It's I a problem with magic. You can just you can get away with you can get away with anything, <laughs> right? 
um yeah oh did you notice how crazy Paige was driving <laughs> well i mean uh, Paige was... is a woman that goes no shade to any woman's driving i'm just going with the cheap joke <laughs> but i was just like i'm like i know it's a hectic situation but geez lady like that was like messed up <laughs> 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 oh, uh, Leo and Piper find themselves on an empty street with only themselves and Damien. They flee. They go to the hospital expecting to find Phoebe, but only find an empty building. Leo briefly saw the ghost of a bus driver being treated in the hospital and realizes they're on the ghostly plane. The ghost saw Leo and spoke that name when he revived. Phoebe feels Piper's pain from the ghost plane. Girls got ESP like no other. And Paige and Phoebe check the Book of Shadows regarding ghosts. So do you guys watch Rick and Morty? I haven't seen it, but I know of it. No, I'm, I'm there with Kevin. I, I, I know of it. But, but pray tell, what is uh, – how does uh, Rick and Morty factor into <laughs> our ghostly plane scene? Well, maybe you'll appreciate this, Ryan Terry, because maybe he's one of your relatives. But in Rick and Morty, there is a character named Scary Terry. <laughs> <laughs> and he is a joke on uh, Freddy Krueger. And <gasps> no, wait, no wonder I love Freddy. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's in my blood. Yeah, it is. <laughs> But Damien just made me think of Scary Terry because it's one of my favorite episodes because they're in it's like an Inception episode and they end up finding Scary Terry and he walks around going, you can run, but you can't hide, bitch. <laughs> oh, yes. And then at one point, Morty goes, Rick, what if we can hide? What if he keeps saying that because we can hide and he doesn't want us to? <laughs> and then it shows Scary Terry looking around for them forever because he can't find Oh my them. gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look that clip up on yeah. YouTube. That that sounds perf. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> and so I like the um I, I, I wanna know like when they were able to shoot this because I have a feeling and this is trivia that I'm sure Kevin uh, w- would know. I've got a feeling that they shot this at like six in the morning before you know, anybody was up getting, you know, heading to work or, or something just where, wherever they were, because there was not a soul around. And then we, we give a uh, kind of that, a uh, David Fincher blue tint to everything. <laughs> and, uh, and so like, I just, I, I want to, when they, uh, like the the whole thing's like there's nobody there's nobody around. Of course, they must be at the same hospital that you have in um, uh, Halloween two because <laughs> these hospitals never have any staff. I mean, all of the every hospital in horror film never has any staff. I go to any hospital down the road and there's a shit ton of staff, but not in a horror movie. There's no staff at that at that hospital. Oh and no, then, Ryan, so they must mistaken. be must be at the at the same one. Because there's, there's no staff. There's staff in those hospitals. They're just all fucking in the broom closet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, true. Probably true, for sure. <laughs> but good point. Yeah, and that's such a great movie, Halloween too. Thank you for bringing that up. 
So um, since this episode deals with ghosts, I wanted to pulse check. What are our feelings on ghosts and do they exist? I'm all about ghosts. I'm all about them. I've always been, because I consider myself kind of a spiritualist. So I'm all about the energies of the world and stuff like that. So like, even if like, it's not like a ghost, ghost person, like a full person, I feel like there's still like remnants of people and like, you know, the the negative or positive energies that, that are left behind. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a it's a very interesting question because I, I, you know, uh, we don't have you, know, we don't have sufficient evidence to either prove or disprove. So I think at the at the end of the day, it, it does come down to what you choose to believe. And and uh, I, you know, uh, you know, firmly believe that there is a spiritual realm, and there are times uh, in our lives uh, that the veil is uh, perhaps a little thinner or we, uh, we do have a spiritual being uh, manifesting in the form of something familiar uh, here in our, um, you know, in the, the, uh, in the real world, uh, so to speak. Um, so I, I neither, I neither believe nor, uh, you know, intimate or an unbeliever. I do think that there are things that we uh, cannot explain uh, and it just it comes down to you know, what are you know uh, what is uh, what leap of faith are you going to take? So I, I like to think that you know it's not all figments of imagination. There very well uh, could be uh, manifestations, and um, I think a lot of it is just kind of a folklore and. Uh, maybe uh, drinking a little too much too late in the evening, <laughs> or um, or as uh, Scrooge would as Scrooge would put it, you know, uh, you know, oh, you know, uh, you know, rotten potato or you know, beef or whatever that line is from a Christmas Carol. Um, but no, I, I I do think that there are spiritual beings and they can manifest themselves. Uh, so it's but at the end of the day, you know, we um, you know, we can't really prove it either way. But I'd like to think that there are uh, the ghosts of Christmas uh, past, present, and yet to come in the real world, you know, but, you know, so far all we have is the, the writings of Dickens in that respect. Uh, but, right. you know, perhaps, you know, he was inspired by real life events. You know, we uh, never know. Yeah. And I like the first encounter that I can remember, I was in first grade. And ever since then, I've always noticed little, weird happenings and it's funny because I think because I was exposed at such a young age it's I'm not gonna say I don't get scared if stuff happens sometimes I do but it's become almost like second nature so when I notice things I get excited and I'm like oh Anthony Chris I want to tell you what I what happened in our house today and they're like no don't tell me I don't want to hear I don't want to hear <laughs> okay I'll just be quiet and I'll keep it to myself <laughs> Yeah, I believe in ghosts, but do I believe every single ghost story I've ever heard, or do I believe in those? <laughs> right. You no, know, I'm watching Haunted on Netflix right now, where people retell their ghost stories, and I'm like, I don't know if I believe all of these stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes they're just mind. Like I, when I was a kid, I remember somebody like whispering my name, like nobody was in the room, but I heard heard my name. But that's it. That's all it was. I'm like, I didn't hear nothing else happened. I just had had like. A nice little whisper friend. I don't know. Oh, so, okay. so <laughs> like, okay. okay. <laughs> you know, they always say how Phoebe has like that connection to the empathy, but I think, you know, cause Piper could sense Phoebe too. She was saying like, Phoebe is here. I, I can feel her. So I think it's part of it is 
just the charmed ones you know connection just the power of three type of thing and phoebe is, is more, more heightened because of her empathy but i think they all kind of do have that innate connection mm-hmm. yeah i had that same thought too when i was watching it because yeah they seem like piper and phoebe specifically seem so in tune and pages seem kind of like along for the <laughs> right <laughs> round is long <laughs> yeah all right chris is starting to fade away back to the future style he appeared <laughs> transparent. An angel of death calling himself Clarence appears to him. Oh, that's who that was earlier. <laughs> As Paige and Phoebe use a seance to try to contact Piper and Leo, Chris disappears altogether and finds himself in the ghostly realm and sees Piper and Leo there. In the next moment, he fades back to the real world and tells Paige and Phoebe what Leo and Piper think, that the dark lighters use some kind of portal. So I did find it interesting that we saw Prue meet death, and now this is the angel of death. So how many death okay. figures are there? Technically, the one that Prue met is the angel of death. That was like, they were supposed to make him like the only one. That was the, that was the plan. They made it seem like he was the only one. This one introduces a new angel of death. Um, and I think maybe because it's specific to Chris's situation, it makes him a little bit like a specialty kind of angel of death but they do make it sound like there's more than one when according to the rest of the lord the one that proved samuel templeton is the angel of death so they kind of play with laura a little bit there but well maybe they maybe <laughs> they like uh they work uh you know it's, it's like shift workers we got one that's uh <laughs> that's uh that's working the seven to three then we got some we got three to eleven and then we got new guy who has to work eleven to seven so <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, <laughs> so we got, we got, I gotta have, I gotta have three. Cause I mean, they, they can't, they can't work 24 hours a day. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, the real reason was because they couldn't get the actor, the original actor. Yeah. The that was actually one thing I found that made me even more confused. Cause what you said, Kevin makes sense. I'm going to ignore whatever Ryan was talking about with shifts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I read something that was saying like, it's supposed to be the same character. And I was like, why would they take the most pale, whitest, creepy looking guy and replace him with the sweet black guy? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think character Clarence much more, uh, you want to talk to this guy. The other right. one's just like, uh, get behind me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clarence is like your friendly neighborhood angel of death. <laughs> like he's, he's going to, he's going to guide you. Th- I mean, not like Samuel Templeton was bad, but he had definitely had a foreboding presence more than this guy. Who's just like, I'm going to ease you into it, you know? So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, Oh, I wanted to say too, like, cause they have like, uh, the different sets, you know, they have the ghostly planet. All of the sets are bare. I love kind of seeing that the diff- the the difference between like a fully lived in set versus like the empty bare set. It kind of gives you those feelings of isolation and longing, and and really gives you those ghostly feelings. Yeah, there's definitely something very haunting about, especially to me, the hospital scene, seeing it completely oh, yeah. bare. Like like Ryan was saying earlier, that you don't see that, so it was very different. Mm-hmm. Dark letters attack both the real and the ghostly manner, and Leo is hit. Leo and Piper talk and then make out and conceive Chris. Well, that happened very quickly in this description. <laughs> right? <laughs> like that, that's all it is. Just make out and that he's conceived. <laughs> the kissing causes babies. Just so you know. 
Yeah, and it was like the most unsexy thing. Like Leo's bleeding out as he's coming inside Piper. Like this is so weird. <laughs> yeah. I definitely could see like what they were going for. Like you know, we're about to die. Like I've always mm-hmm. loved you. I want to. I want to feel your tender insides one last time. But I was like, this isn't sexy. Like this is written no. by a straight guy. <laughs> yeah it's like i i can't imagine like how would you juggle that it's like i'm bleeding i'm in pain but i'm feeling good i don't know like <laughs> i'm like i feel like i'd be wishy-washy my mind would be in all different places <laughs> uh, ow ah uh, ow <laughs> <laughs> i he must he must have been carrying around his special pills because i i got a feeling that if i was bleeding out i i don't think that everything is going to uh <laughs> function uh at you know uh, at their prime level so he he's he's probably he's probably got his little, his little pills with him so that way he can he can he can go to drop of a hat even while he's bleeding out yeah. he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna make it work that's a good point is there even enough blood to go into <laughs> <laughs> right, <yeah>. right. <laughs> oh yeah i just imagine as he's like Pumping her like blood squirting out all over her face. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh. All right, I'll stop. I'll stop. Like, I have no. a vivid imagination. No, no. <laughs> what? Oh no! I'm over that. Uh, I'm over that visual. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Paige and Phoebe <laughs> go to Gideon and ask him to help them reverse the Darklighters portal. Gideon says Darklighters don't have the power to make portals and shows them a page about portals in a large tome. In a in a chapter entitled "Everything You Want to Know About Portals," and we're afraid to ask who wrote this book. That's just that's like that, that's about as bad as if they had said "Portals for Dummies." I actually might have thought "Portals for Dummies" might have been funnier. But everything you want to know about portals and we're afraid to ask? My goodness. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm assuming though, Ryan, since you're a movie buff, you know the reference on that one. I, I I do I do get the reference, but I I mean it, I still found it to be kind of lame. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> it was, I mean, yeah. I love the movie. If anybody doesn't know, it's everything you want to know about sex, but we're too afraid to ask. Um, how would you get his name? Why do I always forget his name? The the guy who wrote it and starred in it. I I forget his name too. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's because we just like. Leo just finished going into, you know, the into Piper's portal. And maybe that's where we're getting the play on the title of the chapter. I, I, I think it's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> Woody Allen, that's his name. Oh, oh yes, Woody yeah, Allen. Yeah. yeah, and if you haven't seen this movie, it's like, it's so stupid, but it's so funny. Like Gene Wilder's in it and he's a doctor who falls in love with a sheep. Um, at one point, there's like a woman's breast gets enlarged and it's crawling across the countryside, squirting half and half milk at people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it, it is, um, it's interesting. <laughs> interesting. Mm. We'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, to your point, like it's a fun reference, but I don't know if it was the right reference for. Yeah. <laughs> 
Leo and Piper return to the point where they enter the ghostly plane. A lot of entering. (laughs) Yes, we do it. Portals and, well, and uh, that and uh, Piper and uh, Leo and yet lots of uh, (laughs) lots of uh, entering. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Damien tracks them there and takes aim at Leo. In that moment, the three find themselves back in the real world. Paige and Phoebe confront Damien, but the leader shoots him from a rooftop. Chris becomes solid again. Leo collapses from the dark lighter poison in his wound, and Paige orbs him and Piper to Gideon. I love this scene because when Piper's on the ground with Leo about to be killed by the dark lighter, the sisters bring them back into, like, reality and i love holly she always has the best lines she says something like it's about time you showed up or something like that and i just love that she knows she knows that her sisters are going to save her that's not the question the question is how long do i have to hold out until they (laughs) save me (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and i was how do you think they merge the planes of existence probably a spell that's the only thing i could think of right yeah you know um upon my rewatch that I, because I couldn't, I couldn't remember how they merged them. I'm like, okay, well, on my rewatch, I, you know, I'll, I'll be able to, to see. But then I, it just kind of, we go from one scene to the next, and it's, it just uh, happens. it's yeah. not really, <laughs> not really explained. Um, in fact, speaking of spells, I, we don't have a spell. No. We don't. I mean, we there, there are, there's obviously spells going on in in the background. But we don't actually have a spell spoken. I mean, unless I'm unless I'm forgetting something. There, there's there's um, one there's one in this episode, but um, it didn't really work the way. That's the one that made like Chris go into like Piper oh, Leo's that's, world. That's right. So it didn't work how they intended. But yeah. Yes, I but, guess we'll never know. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we we totally skipped that spell. We we're supposed to say it at the scene. I you've totally forgot. To, oh to, yeah, I forgot to add that one in. <laughs> well we could do that spell now okay Okay. spirit better late than pregnant yeah better late than pregnant yeah (laughs) sister spirit we call to thee cross on over so we may see (laughs) (laughs) ta-da it's been there all along yeah Leo is meditating atop the Golden Gate Bridge, and Gideon orbs to him. Leo says he cannot justify staying on Earth anymore, and Gideon's like, "About time." <laughs> He's like, "Good." He's like, "Good, go." <laughs> I'm glad you thought of it by yourself, and nobody had to persuade you secretly. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that Golden Gate Bridge. Once it got introduced, it was never going away no nope. and it's then it's and it's still so cg it's just it's just it's just it's just feel it feels so flat every time they're on it it's just like there's no depth to this at all and yet they keep going they keep going back there and then <laughs> but it's there's, it's never like there's uh, and it's always like it's always clear skies I mean, I've never been to San Fran, but from those from friends of mine that have been there, there's like 
most of the time you can't even see the damn thing. And <laughs> so, and so yeah. here they are. They're, they're like, it's clear skies all the time when they are they're on top of the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> Could you imagine if they're up there with a foggy day? It's like a speaker coming there. It's like, hello, where are you? <laughs> Conversations. <laughs> so, uh, and here we are. Our angel of death reappears. Clarence tells Chris he's been given a second chance. Now, I got a, I got, I got a question here what second chance? What was a second chance for what? I, I don't really know where he blew his first chance. So I mean, I'm trying to, I, I, I understand not the logic in this second chance because w- when did he ever have a, a first chance and, and a chance for what? I can't make sense. I can't make sense of this at all. I guess because he was supposed to be not conceived and he was supposed to be dead and he's like, well, I guess you were conceived. So welcome back to life. <laughs> I don't know. You know, that's the only thing that I really, I guess they're trying to get at. <laughs> yeah, I would second that. I, I took it more as like, not that Chris messed up, just like he got a second chance, chance at life, life because yeah. they fucked. Yeah, I guess uh, maybe that, maybe that's how, maybe that's how life works. Is, is, that, <laughs> is, that, is that, is that how, is that how life works in general? Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm just doing it all wrong. <laughs> you probably are that sounds about right <laughs> <laughs> all right phoebe and Paige tell piper we know what happened between you and leah last night mm-hmm. they finally tell piper that chris is her son but piper denies being pregnant at first but the possibility eventually strikes her chris walks in and piper gives him a long stare <laughs> Which yeah, is funny like, because Piper, <laughs> like Holly Marie in real life, is about to have a baby, but now finally on the show, she's pregnant. Yeah, yay. <laughs> we could finally like stop hiding her behind things now. <laughs> oh yeah, when she went she was running down the hallway at there was a, it was a tunnel or the hospital and she's got her jacket on and she's like holding the flaps <laughs> right. of, the ja- of the jacket like together so so we don't see and then uh, so no more large plants and other objects just <laughs> obscuring the 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 view there in front of her. We can uh, we can actually have it now. No more um, close up shots and no. nothing but close up shots. Like, <laughs> no more cutting uh, off that, her that head and putting it on the shelf. That had been just like yeah. so weird for her though. Where you ju- you're just standing there and you're like, what this dude that I didn't even like for most of the last you know two seasons is. Uh, is like uh, my son, and so I, I can just just I'm just imagining her at that moment where it's just like it's just like it's just like mind blown and not knowing just how to process all that information, and then she's probably also wondering, did I ever uh, did I ever flirt with him? Did I ever hit on him? <laughs> and so uh, much like our um, much like Phoebe mm-hmm. and. Um, I mean, I, I probably would have uh, hit on him. I mean, be, <laughs> just, so, um, but yeah, that I, I really like how the episode ends, uh, ends on that moment. And we, uh, you know, we get that long dramatic stare before, before the episode closes. And it's, uh, 
Yeah, Chris doesn't have to be shady anymore. Shady Chris. Shady, shady, shady. So at least we don't have to be... Uh, yeah, he's still me a little shady. At least we don't have to be as shady a Chris <laughs> as we have for the last two seasons. Do you think it crossed Piper's mind that, like, God, I really don't like Chris. Like, he can't be my... Oh, wait. I really don't <laughs> like Chris. He must be my second son. <laughs> 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 yeah, too funny. <laughs> and I, like, once again, I have to point out, Holly, I just love her acting like even though she's not necessarily my favorite sister i can really appreciate her because her line in this part was what chris is my son how could that happen i mean i know how that could happen (laughs) i just love that line it was so funny (laughs) she's good i know how that yeah she's great (laughs) (laughs) and that's actually classic it's people you know it's always been like memed about and 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 reposted and stuff it's it's a big moment for her (laughs) oh nice yeah and actually, we have one more scene. <laughs> uh, the Dark Letter leader meets with Gideon, who assures him that, yeah, that Leo is now gone. Gideon says that allowing Wyatt to be born to allow such a huge concentration of power to manifest in one being was a mistake, one he intends to correct. Dun, 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 gasp! And <laughs> yeah, so now we know Gideon is is not so nice. <laughs> And ironically, in him trying to correct it, it's what causes Wyatt to turn evil in the first place. Why are you spoiling yourself? (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's our episode. Yeah. (laughs) I would say this one was definitely worth the wait. Like, it wasn't my favorite episode of the season so far, but like, we got so much happening. Like it was suspenseful. We finally got Chris out in the open to everybody. And now he is going to be, he finally came out. I knew it. He came out. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) It's the hair, isn't it? Uh, It's everything. Ever since uh, the first time you showed up in the show, it was just like, whoop. Okay. I know who I'm going to be pining after now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. All right, and some facts about the episode. So actually, Kevin, you mentioned earlier Simon Templeton was unavailable, so that's why they brought on Lou Beatty Jr. to portray the part. Um, Paige returns to being a brunette for the first time since Which Way Now? This is the four finale. Mm-hmm. Piper loses her powers for the 15th time in this episode. And Holly Marie Combs, we said, was actually pregnant. And I guess, I didn't notice this, but I guess in the beginning, she's holding, like, party favors. And she, I guess, moves her hand in such a way that you can see her stomach. Oh. Yeah, I did not even notice. <laughs> yeah, it's, I feel like they've done a good job because maybe I'm just, like, naive and don't notice things. <laughs> but I haven't noticed any slip-ups or any. I didn't notice she was pregnant. But apparently, there are slip-ups here and there. Mm-hmm. And Paige and Phoebe mention highly successful talk show host Jerry Springer and Oprah. <laughs> you know, the classics of our childhood. <laughs> yes. I remember as a kid, I did watch Jerry Springer. I never really got into Oprah because I think like Oprah was like a different level, a more sophisticated level than I was as a kid. I just want to <laughs> see some drama with some low class people. I think the only time I ever saw either Oprah or Jerry Springer 
is when I'm getting the oil changed on my car, because it seems like that was always what was on the TV. It was either Jerry Springer or Oprah. Cause it's, you know, four or five in the afternoon. And, and so that is what is on the TV. And so I think that is the most I've ever seen of either one of those shows because it just, it just always happened to be on uh, the TV at Goodyear. That just, that must've been their favorite, uh, the favorite shows to watch. Or, or that was just what maybe I was so like, that's what I was supposed to watch when I got my oil changed for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and to be fair, it was probably like, they probably just had basic cable, which in those days was like <laughs> six channels. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and last... I guess it's better than the old magazines in the doctor's office. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. true. <laughs> Highlights? I'm going to be all on those highlights. (laughs) And now I think it was called the Family Circus. They always had those too. Oh, the comic books? Highlights, Family Circus. Yeah. Mm And actually, you called out our last one, right, Mr. Eagle Eye. The magic school entry that Gideon shows is everything you want to know about portals, but we're too afraid to ask, which we talked about. Mm hmm. All right, so we have a guest. So that means it's time for some witch witch. Oh God! Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan, I know you were a judge before for us, but on uh, our show, hanging with the Hollowells, you get to decide: do you want to participate or do you want to be a judge? Oh, hmm. Let's see. Well, I'm a Virgo, so I'm naturally very judgy. So <laughs> I will uh, so I will play into that and I will be the judge. All right, Kevin. So that means <laughs> you versus me, baby. Great. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to spin for you first or second? Uh, okay, let's do uh, first. All right. Spinning, spinning, round and round. <laughs> You Will and morality turn, turn, turn. Yep. Show us Just listen that, that we should. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Um, you got Hilda Spellman. Okay. Oh. Which one? Uh, the OG. Specify, so you can choose. Okay. I'm gonna say it's the OG. The other one doesn't exist. Yeah, because I don't. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Chilling Adventures, so the OG is the only one I know. So good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, and for me, it is going to be. Grandmama from the Adam family. Oh, the Adam family. Oh, <laughs> I heard a pregnant pause right there, so I knew I had to fill it in. Yeah, I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. All right, and our scenario. <laughs> this is so <laughs> random. So, between Hilda Spellman or Grandmama. Oh, okay. Who would be more likely to listen to Lincoln Park? Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that's rando. That's so hard. Um, I don't know. I think I think they both would actually. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hmm. Oh. All right, Kevin. And do you want to plead your case first or second? Second, because I'm always bad at these. But fine, go ahead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Grandmama is going to want to listen to Linkin Park more because she's a goth chick. She lives in, like, the dark house on the street with the dark family. She's into some witch stuff. A lot of goth people also are very emotional. I say that because I've been through my goth phase. And Linkin Park was very, like, into 
self-flagellation and like hating yourself. So this is the perfect band for Grandma Ma. She's definitely going to be into some Linkin <laughs> Park. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's my 30. Okay, okay Kevin, you're up. Okay. Approach the bench. <laughs> okay, when should I start? Go. All right, Hilda is kind of like that hip, cool chick. So she's going to do what all the cool kids are doing and listen to Linkin Park. <laughs> um, and she's going to, you know, Linkin Park has like a hardness and a softness. It's all of that dichotomy. And I think that really embodies what Hilda is. She, she's a little bit rough around the edges, a little bit more uh, careless, reckless, but um, ultimately good-hearted. Um, so she will uh, have a good time just listening to Linkin Park for a while and and relating to the children of the day. <laughs> Hmm. Well, that was 30 seconds exactly. That was perfect. Awesome. It had to be Linkin Park. You couldn't have said My Kim. I'm much more familiar with My Kim. <laughs> um, let me see. I don't know. I kind of think Grandmama has the whole kind of like dark thing, dark, disturbing, moody thing going on. But she's secretly kind of uh, like former, like just totally, totally former emo. So I think I'm going to go. I'm sorry, Kevin. I'm going to have to go with Grandmama. What else is new? (laughs) (laughs) I was proud of my argument today, so I guess that's it. (laughs) Hey, yours is a really good argument. I would have really banks off the fact that she's raising a teenager just like you did so yeah, yeah i think you did good you did good girl yeah yeah thank you <laughs> all right well thank you for participating in that um let us know listeners if you don't agree with ryan or if you do let us know and we'll talk about it <laughs> All right, and then as our last part of the show, it's time for some Fuck, Marry, Kill. It's time to play everybody's favorite game, Fuck, Marry, Kill. We are gathered here today to unite two souls as one. All right, so today is all men. There (laughs) there weren't any, like, main (laughs) women in this episode, so we got four men to go through. Ooh, a rail. There's Frank's wife, but, you know, who cares about her? <laughs> yeah, she, she was barely in it, though. <laughs> All right, so we'll start with Damien, played by, I think his name is pronounced Eduardo Ballerini. It's spelled E-D-O-A-R-D-O, so I'm guessing Eduardo. Eduardo. Yeah, Eduardo. Eduardo. Yeah, a fancy way. He's like, I'm fancy Eduardo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Ryan, would you put him on mm-hmm. your list? Um, no, I think I'm going to, I don't know. He wasn't, he was kind, kind of cute. Hmm. Uh, no, I think given the choices, I'm going to have to kill him. Okay. How about you, Kevin? <laughs> yeah, I mean, who wants some crazy, like, shady, dark lighter around who's going to probably, you know, shoot you with an arrow and take you to another dimension and, like... <laughs> well, I mean, you could interpret that as that he has good aim and knows oh. how to shoot. <laughs> I guess. 
But how long? Leo. But how long till I'm bloody on the floor? Maybe that's just, that's what gets off of that, you know. You know, he likes to shoot you and get you off, you know. So, <laughs> but no, it's a kill for me. <laughs> okay, all right, Ryan. Next up, we have Dark Lighter Leader, played by Bruno G G O Yellow. <laughs> oh, ooh. Um, hmm. Uh, he's the uh, not not Gideon, but the the bald the, one? bald guy, yeah, yeah, the bald no. guy. Um, I don't know. I think Mister Clean knows how to rock the uh, the, the the baldness. I'm not sure this guy's on Mister Clean's level, so uh, I I I. I um, uh, I don't know. He's going to have to, uh, he's not going to make my list. Okay. How about you, Kevin? Uh, no, <laughs> not today. <laughs> yeah. It's getting to that point where I'm like, you men, like you're attractive, but like, I've got a pretty solid list. <laughs> right. All right. Clarence played by Lou Beatty Jr. Brian. Uh, incredibly nice gentleman who would probably be the kind of guy who's going to make breakfast for you in the morning, or he's going to make sure that your uh, slippers are by the bed, or he's going to bring you a nice, you know, you know, hot cup of coffee as you're sitting down in the living room. And I'm sure he could regale us with all kinds of stories as we sit out on the lanai, but <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm afraid uh, the incredibly you know, nice gentleman isn't going to make him a list. Okay. How about you, Kevin? You know, I did debate putting him on my merry list for all the reasons that Ryan said. Uh, and, you know, yeah, I, I would like to get to know him, but ultimately he doesn't make my list because I have a really solid lineup already. So, <laughs> Okay, well... I'm going to do something a little controversial here. I hope you gentlemen don't get mad at me. You didn't ask about Frank. We're not on Frank yet. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I am actually going to put uh, Clarence on my list, on my Mary list, but that is going to knock Piper Hollywell off of my Mary list. (laughs) Oh. Whoa. Where's he going to go in the list? He's going to go right above Sheila Morris. Wow. There I is- guess Piper won't marry well. <laughs> <laughs> There's something like so attractive about Clarence to me, like just physically. And also, like he said, like he just seems like such a sweet guy. He seems like somebody like when you meet him, you sink your claws into him and you don't let him go because I want him to make me breakfast and then throw me in the bed and take advantage of me. (laughs) Well, go. Yeah. You get it. Clarence. I'm proud. I'm proud. (laughs) Right. All right. That's everybody. Those are all the contestants. Nobody else to talk. (laughs) Nobody named Frank. They don't exist. All right. We have Frank played by Wayne Mitchell. (laughs) Oh, he's definitely going on the fuck list. (laughs) Okay. He's already married. So I don't want to be a homewrecker. Okay. Well, you have to get permission from his wife for him to fuck you first anyway. <laughs> Can Frank come out and fuck? 
Well, she said he, could, he's, he was totally open to play dates. That's yeah, like that's that's totally right. a thing. <laughs> she didn't I mean, specify what kind of play. Right, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> How about you, Kevin? Uh, yeah, he's an attractive guy, but he's not daddy enough for me. Even though he's a daddy, he's not daddy enough for me. So, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to kill him. But um, yeah, no guys for me this week. <laughs> well, I'm going to be frank. I thought he was attractive, but <laughs> he doesn't make my list either. I'm sorry. But at least Ryan Ryan yeah. scooped them up. Got some love. Yeah. <laughs> All right. More for me. Yeah. Get it, girl. <laughs> call me while Frank is fucking you. I'll call you when Clarence is fucking me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the next episode is High School Reunion. What do you think that's about? <laughs> What the hell title is this? I have no idea. Come on uh, now. I think it, I, I think it's gonna I think we're gonna have um I think Phoebe and Paige are gonna re- are gonna get an invitation to their high school reunion and they're not gonna wanna go because they don't they they don't think that their lives are good enough. And that they don't want to be lame compared to everybody else. But then one of them is going to come up with this brilliant idea that they're going to have invented something that nobody knows who invented it, but everybody <laughs> uses it. And they're going to um, they're, they're going to steal a Jaguar convertible, and they're going to head to their high school reunion where their plan completely falls apart, but yet. They're going to discover how fucking awesome they really are, and they are going to dance to Cindy Lauper. That's um, that's, wow. that's what I think this episode is about. I have one thing to say to that, Ryan. <laughs> oh, Ramon, Ramon. <laughs> I am in America. Oh, you're Columbus. Oh, discover me, Ramon. Discover me. Discover me. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Okay. Oh, what do you want to be me now. right? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Thank you for taking us down that journey. <laughs> Yeah, so that's like, what's going to happen next episode. What I was like, I was, I was just, I was just like, man, you're spoiling everything, right? <laughs> 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 All right, Ryan. And where can people find you, sir? Sure, you can uh, find me hanging out on Twitter. Where hanging with the Hollowells doesn't presently hang out, but you can hang out with me on Twitter at rlterry1. If you uh, love the classic American sitcom, you can also follow my show, Forza Crowd, completely scripted, full production, uh, classic uh, American sitcom style, but you've got modern characters. And uh, so the show is, uh, it's a hilarious show and the characters are endearing. And so if you uh, love uh, you know, watching sitcoms on TV, you know, uh, here's a chance to take it back to his roots because, uh, after all, the American sitcom got its start in radio, so we're uh, taking it back there. But my show is Forza Crowd, and you can follow Forza Crowd on Twitter um, at Forza Crowd Pod, and uh, you'll uh, find characters uh, that you love. It's about you know, four individuals who, after broken relationships and skyrocketing rent, find themselves sharing an apartment along with a uh, busybody building concierge. The hijinks have no end. And so you get you laugh moments and you get your heartwarming moments. 
Uh, you get it all, and it's a half hour, just like a sitcom is. So you can fit it in on your lunch breaks or your or your commute. And uh, we're uh, releasing part two of our season finale um, very soon. So, uh, listeners, as you're listening to this episode, um, you can likely binge the entire first season. And so we're <laughs> taking our summer break, and we'll be back probably in September. And so we follow a typical uh, TV schedule. So we're um, in our summer break right now. Hmm. Yeah, and it really is uh, a cute and fun show. And I think all the voice actors fit very well within that, like you said, sitcom style. So it's definitely something that's worth checking out. And like you said, it's an easy listen because it's only 30 minutes. Yeah, love that. All right, where can we find you, Kevin? Okay, well, you can find me in my <laughs> podcast, Words of the Witches, which is super cool. We are, well... I can't say when the episode comes. We're doing the books of the of Charmed and books and comic books, and you can listen to us go through all those and the summaries and stuff like that. Um, and then you can find my personal Instagram at kgz87. Awesome, and you can find me on uh, Once Upon a Cult or on Marvelous Galaxy of Disney, and you can find both Kevin and my uh, a link to our pages through Hanging with the Hollowells on Instagram. For the record, I hate Twitter, <laughs> but every week I tell myself, hey, I'm going to start those Twitters this week because I know some people <laughs> use it and I still have it. So I'm sorry, Twitter users. I'll I don't have Twitter either. I'm really bad at it. I can't. <laughs> yeah. All right. But thank you for listening. And we'll be back next Tuesday with High School Reunion. Yeah. High yeah. School Reunion. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. <laughs>